Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Our Father, we love you and we love being your people. We love your presence. We love your word. We love, Lord, that you have given us the opportunity to be your disciples. We thank you that we don't have to live following our own decisions and our own ways and being the Lord of our own lives, but we get to follow the one who is omnipotent and omniscient and has literally given us his life, abundant life. We ask, Lord Jesus, that we would live that. We pray that you would become more and more real to us. We pray that we would behold you and that we would see you and that we would walk with you and that we would know you. May it not be a theory. May it not be just a concept. May it not be just something that other people, may each one of us love you and walk with you and know you. We give you our lives again today. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Psalm 34 says this, those who look to him are, what's that word? Radiant. Radiant. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. So here's David, and it's kind of an idea of identity. Those who look to God are radiant, and it's a directive. If we look to God, he transforms us us. And so whatever season you're in, however tempting it might be to look to yourself or to look to other things, this idea is this. Those who look to him are transformed. They are radiant. I grew up um, singing this song in church, Sunday school. I don't know if you know this, but it went like this. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be Oh, be careful, little hands, what you touch. Oh, be careful. Let's speed up. Hands, what you touch. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little hands, what you touch. Last one. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Come on. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little feet, where you go. So I grew up in this church with a little misty basement singing the song and the words of that song are clear for the father up above is looking down in love but when I heard that song just the way that it's worded I did not hear for the father up above is looking down in love so be careful little eyes what you see here's what I heard oh be careful little David what you see ah oh be careful little David what you see for the father up above is going to reach down and gouge out your eyes if you look at something bad so be careful little eyes what you see Oh, be careful, little hands, what you touch. For the Father up above is going to reach down and crush you every time you mess up. So be careful, little eyes. Oh, be careful, little ears. Oh, be careful, little feet. Just be careful because God is up above and he wants to mess you up. If you look at the wrong thing, go to the wrong place, touch the wrong thing. And I don't know about you, but when you have that view of God, Like he's up there, he's a little bit ticked, he's a little bit angry, and when you do the wrong thing, kapow! It's over, baby. It's over. Our view of God is so critical and so important, and when we have a view of God that's a little bit off, it dictates if we'll run to God, or here in Psalm 34, if we are willing to look to God in the midst of whatever circumstance we're in. And so many of us don't run after God because we think that when we have messed up, when we have fallen short, when you have, whether it's greed, anger, addiction, lust, rage, bitterness, whatever it is, it's like, you know, I heard the sermon 10 years ago, but I'm sure that God's probably be a a little bit annoyed with me, a little bit frustrated. And so instead of looking to God and becoming radiant, the temptation is just to live on the outskirts, have kind of a half-hearted relationship with God. 
And so when I was 20 years old, I ran into this verse and this idea with such strength. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Shame believing at the core I'm no good, at the, sh- at the, at the bottom of who I am. I, I should run away from God because I'm rejected when I mess up. But those who look to him are radiant, not those who look to him are rejected. And you and I often live kind of half-hearted, not full throttle, not running to God, not looking to God in all things because when we have a wrong view, a false view, it's easy to live at a distance. Last week, I um, went to take my son, Justice, he's six years old, to his uh, last soccer practice, which was a parents versus kids game. And so Renata asked me to take him because obviously, you know, I'm the athlete in the family. And so I was going to, what are you laughing at? I was going to um, go to this parents game and I, I, I came out ready to take justice and I was wearing what you would expect to wear to a soccer game. I was wearing soccer cleats and shorts and a t-shirt and Renata goes, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to the game. And she was like, uh, I don't think you should wear cleats. It's like, what are you talking about? It's, it's a game. And she's like, parents versus six-year-olds. I'm not sure that's the right attire. So I show up, and there's moms in dresses playing soccer with six-year-olds. And I was like, oh, thank God we're not a rescue me. This would have been a total disaster. And in fact, there was one kid, he was like 16 years old, and he wanted to use this as the opportunity to demonstrate that he could defeat six-year-olds. And all of the parents were looking at him, kind of rolling their eyes as he was like, you know, kind of kicking six-year-olds over. And I thought that could have been me. But Justice scored two of the three goals against the parents. That's my boy right there. And so I was so, (laughs) yeah, that's right. Come on, let's clap for that kid. And so I was so excited. I literally, after the second goal, I don't know why, it just came over me, but I ran up to him. I picked him up and I held him over the other children. Like, this is my kid. Yeah. I never had this moment. I don't know how this happened, but this is my boy, (laughs) right? In just straight delight, like justice. I don't know how you got so good. (laughs) If athleticism skips a generation or what, but I'm proud of you. I delight in you. Hold up my boy. I remember when I was in second grade playing soccer, a little bit different. I was the kind of kid that was uh, so athletically challenged that they didn't really put me into the game until the very end after we were ahead by six goals. And then they would just put me in to secure the victory, right? Like... Just kind of that, you know, not quite a great athlete. And so uh, my, 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 my first goal was this. Uh, Gilbert was the name of the coach's son, and he always scored. And there, he was coming down the middle, and I was over here on the right side doing what all good second-grade soccer players do. I was just standing there, just watching. And Gilbert, literally, he went to kick a goal. He kicks it. It goes off the right side of his foot. I'm standing there like this. It ricochets off my knee which pulls the goalie this way and goes into the goal and I scored my very first goal everybody (laughs) thank you very much thank you my dad was so surprised I mean proud (laughs) that he literally took me to McDonald's and said you can order anything you want now I grew up as a pastor's kid with triplets we never got anything we wanted we always got a hamburger and a water and so I was in shock I said I can have anything he said anything I said like even one of the pictures and he was like like even one of the pictures 
And I said, oh, yeah. And can you imagine how crazy it would have been if in that moment I would have said, Dad, you don't understand. I'm not worthy of one of the pictures. <laughs> Gilbert's the athlete. I got lucky. No. As a kid, what I did is I was like, order it up. Can I order for my friends? Like, how much can I get? The greatness of that moment was not my athleticism. It was the kindness of my dad. It was like, I'm looking for a reason. I like you so much. I love you more than you can fathom. And as simplistic of a message as that is, it's one for many of us that we don't live in day after day, week after week. We heard it when we gave our lives to Jesus X years ago. And it was a great gospel story then. But imagine if you and I were able to live in that reality now so that it transforms our identity and how we see ourselves, not as the way that we often look at ourselves or even the way that the enemy tells us who we are, but the way that God sees us. Those who look to him become different. Those who look to him are radiant. And so when you look to God, even in the midst of the challenge that you're walking through, even in the midst of your lack of perfection, you have a father that looks at you, delights in you, picks you up. It's my daughter. It's my boy. Come on. Let's go to McDonald's. You're my kid. And we tend to say, no, no, you can't like me that much because I'm not that great. I'm struggling with this. I'm living this way. And he goes, look to me. What's going on in my heart towards you? He doesn't cease to love you because of your performance. He looks at you and he wants what's best for you and he died for you and he wants what's best, but he loves, delights in, enjoys, loves you. And most of us imagine God loving us based only when we perform well. And so kind of like an angry father would get upset if you performed poorly and beat you when you're down or kick you or run away from you or be annoyed with you. Most of us imagine that's probably what God is like. But when we read the scriptures, and the goodness of the gospel is this, that we serve a God that doesn't love you based upon your performance, but based upon who he is. And I want us to lock in with that reality. The most probably common scripture is the prodigal son story. It's one of my favorites. And, and this was the core idea that I remember being a 20-year-old and feeling like I gotta measure up I got to be awesome. And if I'm going to be all that God's called me to be, man, I cannot fail. Like, I, 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 I got to walk this tightrope. And when this idea got deeply embedded in my heart, it empowered me. <sighs> Say, wait a minute. This whole thing isn't actually about me. This is actually about him. And it changed me. And so as we launch this church, even as we name this church, my dream is that this goes so deep into our hearts that this is a part of who we are as a people. Look at this story Jesus tells. Jesus continued, then there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between, between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. 
So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will go out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants, not a son. So he got up and he went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him, ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Put the fat, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Here's the specific moment I want you to lock in with. First one. With the pigs. Recognizing he's in sin. Recognizing he's fallen short. Recognizing I messed up. And in that moment, making the decision to go back to his father. That coming to your senses. Because I believe this moment is not just one moment that we experienced however many years ago or months ago when you decided to follow Jesus. I believe we face this dynamic over and over again where we think, how did I get here? I, why did I do this? Why did I yell at my spouse? Why, why am I so, have a tendency to greed? What? And here's the temptation. You know what? Just make an excuse. It's just the way I am. It's my personality. Well, the circumstance around me caused me to be, and I'm just gonna be this. And you know, I'll never be the son. I'll just stay here with the pigs. And the dream is that we would so recognize how much the father wants to run, hug, kiss, delight in us that we would make choices over and over again that say, I'm gonna leave the pigsty. I will, I will go back to my father because he's running to me. He's hugging me, he's kissing me, and he delights in me. And the enemy always wants us to believe it's about our performance, not about his affection. And so if the enemy can get us to believe that, then we'll constantly believe I can't go back, I'm too messed up, I've gone too far. And I can imagine this moment where the son falls down before his father. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. And I picture the father looking at his boy, face to the ground, looks at him and says, hey son, look at me. Look at me. Stop. Stop. Stop with all these. Just look at me. Those who look to me are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. What do you see? Do you see a God that's angry, that wants to kick you when you're down, that wants to send you to the barn? No, you see a father that loves you, delights in you. My dream is that we would so get this, that on Thursdays, when we're tempted to not draw near, to not run out, not to look to God because of our performance, that we would say, this is not about yesterday. This is about who you are. And so God, I'm looking to you on this new day, on this fresh day, in this new season, 
Hebrews says it this way, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Romans 2.4 says that it's, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. When we understand his loving kindness, it causes us to want to run to him and look to him and behold him and even in the midst of whatever you're walking through to say, God, I, I look to you. You're where my hope comes from. You're what I delight in. You're my God and so I'm not gonna run from you. I'm gonna run to you. I'm not gonna look away. I'm gonna look to you. And your father looks down and you've got all the excuses. But God, she said this. But God, I can't. And I, I've never. And, I, and I've got all the reasons to just live. Put me in the barn. Just let me just go. Let me, I'll never be like some of those leaders or the parents that are the great Christians or whom I'll just, just put me in the barn. Let me be a sir. I'll never be. A, and the father's looking at you literally going, shut up. <laughs> well, not really. Well, look, look at me. Lock eyes with me. Those who look to me transforms your identity. Those who look to me are radiant. Those who look to me, not, me not measured, not based upon how well you've done. And listen, man, we, wanna, we want so desperately to walk in righteousness. We want so desperately to become holy as he is holy. But in the midst of that process of being transformed, he goes, I love you. It's like my brother Dan, he's got a son named Aiden. He's one. And you can imagine, you know, six months ago when Aiden was learning to walk, if when he was learning to walk, he was like, come on, and his first steps. And Aiden, you know, took three steps. Dan was like, that's awesome. Way to go. Now, now do five steps. Come on, five steps. And Aiden only does four steps. And Dan looks at one-year-old Aiden and goes, stupid kid. When are you going to grow up, right? Would never happen, right? Because what is he? He's a loving father, and he's celebrating his boy, and all he's talking about is how Aiden's taking steps. We have a father that is so big and so massive and so incredible and so much love and so much delight and so enjoys you and so awesome that as you're taking steps, he's going, come on, I got you. I'm proud of you. I love you. I delight in you. Look at me. Look at you. Look at me. Lock eyes with me. Those who look to me are radiant. My prayer for us is that we would look to him in your storm, that we would look to him in the midst of whatever you're walking through, whatever season, whatever hardship you're walking in. There's just these moments where we see Jesus demonstrating this kind of kindness. There's the moment when with the adulterous woman where everybody is holding the rocks and ready to stone her. Remember that? In John 8. And I can imagine the brokenness, the embarrassment, the humiliation, and surely I'm rejected. Surely, he, surely God can't handle this one. I mean, this sin is too massive. And that's what we'll do. Hey, great book great blog, great sermon, great song, but as for me, yeah, I've just gone too far, done too much. My level of apathy, my level of sin, my level of addiction, it's just too much. And we've got all these reasons as to why we're different, 
play, the gospel, the good news, the grace of God, the kindness of God isn't enough for me. But even imagine this moment where Jesus looks at this lady. Where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn you. Here, lock eyes with me. Those who look to me are radiant. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Listen, we have a God. He's locking eyes with you. And your temptation is to look at you or look at circumstance. And the beauty of the Christian journey is His mercy is new every morning. Day after day, I look to you and you change who I am. You, tra- you transform me. It's about you. You're the one that makes me radiant. Those who look to him become. Those who look to him are radiant. I love the way Jesus responds to the criminal on the cross. There's no righteous resume there. In his dying breath, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. I tell you, you will be with me today in paradise. Those who look to me, those who look to God, become radiant. Man, what happens when you and I believe that? It causes us to day after day fix our eyes on the Lamb of God. Day after day, fix our eyes as we pray, as we sing songs, as we study the word. We fix our eyes. God, what do you say? And I want to believe what I think or what the echoes of other people around me say. My temptation is to believe what the enemy is saying. And everybody else might think one way or the enemy might be saying one thing. The secret to continued growing is you love me. I'm looking at you. You're celebrating me. Those who look to you become radiant. It changes who we are. Last one is this. It's the story of how Jesus responds to Peter. And I love this story because Peter is so confident in his own ability to stay committed to Jesus. And this, this was my story. My story looked like this as a teenager, as a kid. Oh, I'll be committed. I could do this. Look at the way Jesus responds. You know this story, Matthew 26. Then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And Peter, Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Whoo! Peter's like, you can be confident in my commitment to you, Jesus. Matthew, I don't know, he might steal some money. Judas, whoo, he's off. John, he's always got his head on your chest, but me, whoo, you can count on me. I'm your guy. We've done this. God, I don't know about those other preachers. God, I don't know about those other singers. God, I don't know about those other people, but you can count on me. And Jesus looks at him and says, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, she will disown me three times. But Peter declared, ever been here? But even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Right? I got this. Don't question my commitment. Luke 22, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked us if you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, 
that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny that you know me three times. Look at Matthew 26. Now Peter was sitting out at the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she replied, but he denied it before them. I, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, then, uh, he said, then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied, he denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Here's this moment. It's the moment that you and I experience all the time, right? Sunday morning, you are good. I love you, God. I'll give you everything. You're my life. You're my all in all. And then how do we handle our own disappointment in ourselves? Are you kidding me? And you face the shame. Oh, I should run from God. I can't measure up. I can't do this. I failed again. And just last Sunday, I said that. I, said, I prayed that prayer. I sang that song. I took that vow. I said, ah. Oh. And the temptation is, I'm just, I'm just going to the barn. I can't. Just make me like a hired hand. I Clearly, I don't have w- what I thought I had. I don't have the commitment. I'm not good enough. I'll just, just make me like a hired hand. I'll go back to them. I, and the father, shut up. Look to me. Those who look to me are, you know the word, radiant. Look, the way that, look at the way Jesus responds to Peter. Jesus dies on the cross, raised from the dead. Now when he has this conversation with Peter, it's so powerful because you find Jesus loving Peter not rejecting Peter. Look at this, John 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Again, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Look at this, because this could clearly be the moment where Jesus says, you moron, you failed again, you're done, you're out of here, Peter. But instead, Jesus doesn't come to question Peter's sincerity, he comes to establish it. He says, look to me, look, look at how I'm responding to you on the beach, those who look to me, look at me, Peter. Do you see anger here? Are you done? Am I, am Am I kicking you out because you fell short? You, did, you said with your own words, you would never disown me. And you did know what we have in Jesus. Come on, Peter. I've got a calling for you. I need you to feed my sheep. Your failure doesn't end your destiny. Look at me. Those who look to me are radiant. And for three times that Peter had denied Jesus, three times... Peter confesses, I'm a lover of God, I'm a lover of God, I'm a lover of God. And you have a father, and he delights in you. You have a father that though you're imperfect, 
causes to become rainy. He's got a destiny over your life. He's not kicking you when you're down. My prayer for us as a church is that we would be so confident in his love that we not just sing the song, how he loves us, oh, but we would live it out by running to him, looking to him day after day. You are good. You are love. You're unchanging. You love me. And I'm not perfect. And I'm broken. And I'm weak. But it's that loving kindness that transforms us over time. It's that loving kindness of God that leads us to keep repenting, keep coming back. Oh yeah, this is about you. This is not about my resume. This is about your resume. It's not about what I can do. This is about what you've already done. And so I come to you and I look to you yet again. And when I look to you, I become radiant. Will you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, we as a church, we look to you today. And we ask that you would transform us. God, we ask that we would be truly a radiant people. We ask, Lord Jesus, that as we look to you, we would become different. That we wouldn't live in the shame and the rejection. Those who look to God are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Let it be true of us, God. I pray that you would do a fresh thing in the hearts of your people today. In Jesus' name. I believe there's some of you today that you're far from God and you've been like the prodigal and you just say, I want to look to Jesus today. I want him to be my all in all. And today you want to make a choice. I'm going back to the Father's house. I want to give my, my life to God. I want to be a son. I want to be a daughter. I want to, I want, I want to walk with God. And I want to just pray with you. If that's you today, I just want you to just stay at your seat. And I just want you to pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I don't want to live for me. I want to live for you. So I look to you today. Forgive me of my sin. Come be in me. Change me. Fill me with your spirit. I want to live with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're beginning your journey with Jesus. We want to connect with you. I want to invite you just to tell me that on that connection card. I want to email you this week. I'm going to help you begin your journey as you walk with the Lord. Let's all stand as we prepare to worship the Lord one more time. I want to invite you as we proclaim this. Just for these last moments, try not to think about lunch. Try not to think about football. Try to just think about God. Proclaim this. Just single devotion. Eyes focused on him. And let's just proclaim this as we conclude today, all right? Let's just worship the Lord as we sing and as we give, all right? Just, just focus in one last time. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.